Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. <laughs> Welcome to baseball season for Toronto sports fans. I changed my profile photo immediately. <laughs> Me too. After, Leaves forever? After the Leafs lost, I went, well, I'm used to this shit. I could quickly change it. Quickly. Before anyone comments on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it sucks. I, you know, luckily for me, it's hockey. I love, and I've through the, through the years, I've let it be known. I am a Leafs fan. I watch a good majority of the games through the season, as long as they don't, uh, as long as they're not late games. I don't bother with those just because of my schedule. But I'm not one of those people whom this will actually impact my life. Like Leafs lost, and that sucks. And I feel bad for those people who are like such diehards that today they're seriously feeling it. They feel lost and sad. So if that's you, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, I don't let it get to me, and maybe that just make, makes me just numb through the years. Uh, but, man, there's some people that are they're really hurting over that loss last night to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Uh, listen, we were built up for this. We were led to believe from – and it's not just the team. The pundits, the, the media, the commentators, everyone – that this was a year when the Leafs could make a long playoff run and probably make a run at the Cup. To blow a 3-1 series lead and end up eliminated by a team that almost didn't make the playoffs, it's embarrassing and it's unacceptable. And, you know, I was listening to some of the post-game interviews last night with the Leafs. I thought they should have made them all do one, by the way. I would have liked to have heard from every single Maple Leaf last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all just said the same thing. Yeah, it was unacceptable. Uh, I expected more from us and from our uh, from myself. Like, okay, I get it. There's your little mea culpa, but fuck, it doesn't change the outcome. You guys lost. You blew a 3-1 series lead again. How is this even possible? I mean... I don't believe in curses. I think I said this yesterday in the podcast, or maybe it was on the radio show. I don't believe in curses, but I'm starting to come around to maybe there might be something there. Yeah. Because this was not a team that should have lost. And and people are breaking it down. Oh, you know, they were built for the regular season. They'd never really been tested all year. And Montreal uh, was hungry because they had to fight to get into the playoffs and fight to get to game seven and then fight to win game seven. To me, it's not about that. It's a very simple thing when it comes to the Leafs. They were unprepared. The Leafs did a lot of the same things throughout the year. They tried different line combos and a couple different plays. Fine. Montreal was exceptionally good at studying game film. They knew tendencies. They knew plays. They knew all sorts of shit. And it's very simple. When Austin Matthews got the puck, they double teamed him. When there was a scrum in front of the net, everybody collapsed on the net. They protected Price, and when Price needed to make a save, he made it. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Probably the worst goal of Jack Campbell's career was the winner last night. Even Jack Campbell said that was the worst goal I've ever let in. To me, it seems like there's a lot to be done with that team mentally, I, I think, because, I mean, they have the physical ability. Although I will say, like watching the game last night, and there's been others, uh, especially in this series, I, they weren't taking enough shots on net, like, nope. period, the end. Like, what the fuck? Are they just assuming they're just waiting to make it look pretty? Is that what it is? Or are they assuming the other person's going to get it and they'll try to pass it instead of shoot it? Because I saw several opportunities last night and I thought, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I swear, at one moment, I was like, did someone pay you to not take that fucking shot? 
Like, what is happening? Yeah. They, in a way, it's almost like they just want to make those extra couple of passes and get that sports center highlight real goal. Or maybe they didn't want to win. You know what? Nobody will fucking care the next day if you shoveled it in. Like, if you have to do an ugly little shoveling in a couple of goals, the headline will still read what it should read, that you won the series. It's not going to talk about your shitty shoveling goals. So I don't care how you got to get it in the fucking net. Get it in the fucking net. I don't know, Habs fans, how you're feeling about round two against Winnipeg. I, I think the harder series was the Toronto series. I, I think that if they beat Toronto, they've got a very good chance against Winnipeg. I, uh, I I think that the entire Montreal game plan is centered around Carey Price standing on his head every night. Because player for player, roster for roster... I don't think Montreal's as good as Toronto, and I don't think they're as good as Winnipeg. They sure as shit aren't as good as Boston, who they'll likely face later on in the playoffs if they get past Winnipeg. So, I mean, it's frustrating. I I can't even... I'd love to say fuck this team, but I can't. And yeah. that's what sucks, is there's so many angry Leaf fans that keep getting let down, but you just can't let go. It's like when you've watched three quarters of a horrible movie. What's the point in quitting now? Maybe it'll get better in the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it'll just be a shit movie and you can say you saw it through. But it's almost like there's no getting off this train right now. Yeah. We're just condemned to have to follow this shit year after year. And I know that people love their big three or four. Fuck, the Leafs have got so many good players. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, uh, Nylander, Riley, Muzzin. And I get that Tavares and Muzzin weren't even in the lineup last night, but they had enough depth that that shouldn't have made a huge difference. And what about all these other guys we brought in? I mean, he was fun to watch, but I think we can agree the Wayne Simmons experiment wasn't a good one. We brought in Felino, He didn't really do much. We brought in Riley Nash. He didn't do anything. You know, like, fuck. It's so frustrating, Cat. What do you do? What do you do? You can't not love them, but God, they're hard to like. Shit. <laughs> Easy to love, hard to like, or is it just hard for both at this point? I don't know. It, it's hard. I mean, if they just handed out a trophy at the end of the regular season, okay, we could say, yeah, that was a great year, guys. But the playoffs are a different animal, and you have to come at that from a different perspective and a different mindset, a different intensity. You have to almost have a couple of different games ready to play. And I thought that all that screwing around with lines during the regular season was about developing different ways that we can play so that Sheldon Keefe can look out at the ice and say, "Okay, so they figured it out. They're all going to collapse on um, Marner and Matthews. So that means we need to get the puck to Nylander or to Tavares or to whomever. It's like we didn't have another game plan other than hope Matthews and Marner score. And frankly, when Montreal shut them down, there was no way they could bounce back from it. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the off season with the Leafs, but we won't spend too much time on this because I know there's a fair amount of people listening that probably don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, and there's also a lot of different places you can hear a whole dissemination of the Leafs sure. playoff run and regular season. That's fine. Go ahead, listen to the sports stations or podcasts. That's cool. You're right. We won't get too into it. Uh, one thing I will say though is. The Blue Jays have been quietly having a really good start to the season. Mm -hmm. And today, I think they're finally going to settle in. They're not quite home, but it's more home than Florida was. And they can actually, on a clear day, see home from Buffalo. So, hey, go Jays, go. 
They put out a video this morning of the renovations at Salem Field in Buffalo. They really did do a good job at making it look like the Jays' home base. You know, and I'll be honest, I was actually super impressed. I saw the same video, even on the outside, the little Jays' entranceway. I did. I expected none of that. Um, but, I mean, they got it painted up inside. It, it looks like a Toronto Blue Jay territory. So I was... I really didn't expect that at all. I just figured it was going to be an empty shell. And then maybe the change room would have a little bit of Jays. But the whole thing is to the fucking tits, if you will, of filled with Jay shit. And on the outside and the inside of the building. I'm actually super impressed. Is Buffalo embracing the Jays? Like, is Buffalo like, fucking right, we've oh. got Major League Baseball here. Or are they like, fuck you, you guys are the Toronto team. You can use our stadium, but we don't care. Uh, you know, I don't, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. I would love to hear from people who, who, who know. Um, are they excited? Um, maybe, maybe they are excited. I'm not sure. How great is the deal for the Jays game tonight? If you want to go and see the Jays, and I know that we can't cross the border for non-essential reasons, although I'd love to go and watch an outdoor Jays game in Buffalo. If they reopen the border in the next couple of weeks, I would love to go down and watch a game there because it looks fun. And it's right downtown Buffalo. It's a good spot for a stadium. But if you go to the game tonight and you haven't been vaccinated, no problem. You can get your vaccine at the stadium right there. On the concourse, no registering, no following vax hunters on Twitter, none of that shit. You can just go to the vaccination station at Salem Field. They will give you your shot and your ticket is free, courtesy of the New York state government. It doesn't get more convenient than that. But my question is, when are we going to get to that level? When are we going to get to a spot where... I don't know if you're going to the mall this weekend and you haven't had a shot. Oh, yeah. Just go get in line over there at customer service and you can get one. Yeah, I feel like this is their solution to to getting the stragglers, you know, to getting those people who just uh, there's some people out there in the world. And I'm not I'm not that type of person, because if I have to make an appointment, I make it, you know, every six months, it's got to be the dentist appointment. I got to make sure I make it. I'm that kind of person. But there are some people who who truly it's not that they're anti vax or not about this particular vaccine, but maybe they just feeling lazy or feel like I don't really need to get the vaccine because I don't see a lot of people. But if you're out at a game and they're being distributed, maybe you would be like, oh, yeah, I mean, I haven't done this yet. Fuck, I should probably get on it. So, yeah, here we go. So is that maybe their way of getting some stragglers? It's entirely possible. I mean, here, I think we're a little more proactive, kind of like you said there. I think for the most part, people think, oh, I've got to get vaccinated. I should make an appointment. When my appointment comes up, I'll go and get the shot. Down there, there's so many shots that there's really not a sense of urgency. They've got more shots than arms to put them in. Here, it's a completely different story. In fact, as of yesterday, we did 390,000 vaccinations yesterday. Congratulations to the 390,000 that rolled up their sleeve yesterday. Canada's now given out 23.8 million vaccines, but only 2.1 million people have been fully vaccinated. So the first number, 23.8, that's very high. The second number, that's extremely low. We really got to get moving on these second shots. I'm glad that we're making a bit of effort towards doing that. Um, We will, I think, get to a point where we can, we got to make it convenient for people. But right now we're not there. The one that I'm wondering about is the people that are working from home. If you're working from home and you don't go out very often, are you in line to get your shot? Because we got a weird stat from the premier late last week when he said 60% of Ontarians have been vaccinated, 
only 40% of teachers have been vaccinated. And to me, that's a really bizarre statistic. Mm-hmm. Like, are there teachers that are doing distance learning from home that don't really leave the house that thought, ah, I'm not going to bother getting a shot yeah. or I don't know how to get one? Or is there a problem with the data there? Because I have to think that that's not an accurate stat, that only 40 percent of teachers have been vaccinated, whereas 60 percent of the regular population has. Yeah, I mean, I know I know for a fact there's a couple of, of people in my life that are teachers that really assumed they're not going back to class. So they were in no rush to make their appointments. Is that right? So I don't know, but I'm not saying that's the reason why. Oh God, I have no idea. Uh, th- it could be a mix of that and and a couple other factors, and maybe the data is a little bit off. Uh, but yeah, I have. Yep, I have heard that. Well, uh, our friend Ryan Imgrund is uh, he he's trying to make the case that the teachers weren't prioritized, and that's why the numbers are so low. I don't know if I necessarily agree with him because there are quite a few regions where teachers were prioritized. Not to mention the fact that vaccinations have been open to anybody 18 plus and now 12 plus for quite some time. So I have to think that teachers who want a shot have had an opportunity to get one. I'm just wondering, did they book through the teacher booking portals? Did they tell them they were a teacher? Because maybe you didn't need to to book your shot. So I think that stat is wrong. I'm, I, if I were Doug, I, I don't think I'd be quoting that stat very often because it seems to get teachers really riled up. They get very defensive about it. Like, oh, the teachers aren't vaccine hesitant. We weren't prioritized. Mm, I, I, I think probably there are a lot more than 40% of teachers vaccinated, which leads to the announcement that is now apparently not going to happen today, meaning it will happen tomorrow about whether or not we reopen the schools. Yeah. Why is this taking so fucking long? <laughs> if they know. if they'd done it today, they could have had kids back in school towards the end of the week. But now that they're not doing it today, they're pushing it to tomorrow. That means it'll likely be Monday, Monday. that kids go back. Yeah, that's two weeks. Two weeks. They could have had three with just a little bit of decisive action. It's all they had to do. Speed it up really, a couple of days and you could have had a full extra week in school. So if they go in on the 7th, let's say. Uh, they would actually only be two weeks until the 18th. They wouldn't stretch it to like the 25th at least. Oh, is it three weeks? Oh, yeah. So yeah, if they, yeah. they'll have all, it'll be a three-week school okay. year so three instead weeks. of, they okay. could have had the equivalent of a full month right. had they made the announcement okay. sooner. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand what the problem is. They know what the decision is. They know what they're going to do. It seems like they're buying time. And the reason I say it seems like they're buying time is because this whole fantasy that schools are safe and there's no spread in schools, even they seem to be realizing that's bullshit and there is a lot of spread in schools. And I think they're really just trying to minimize the amount of time that kids are in there. Send them back so they can say they did, so they can give parents a little break before they're stuck with those kids again all day, every day until September. But they don't really want to see cases explode. And I don't think even the government is confident now in that statement that there's no spread in schools and that schools are safe. I can't think of another reason for delaying this, but we'll wait for the announcement. Mm-hmm. I, I have to think that it, they're going back, at least in some regions. Uh, a lot of regions are under like 200 active cases. They're getting 20, 30 new cases a day. There's no reason for kids to not be in school if the parents want them there. Um, the border, though, is one that I think we're all a little curious about. Yesterday, the PM said 75% of Canadians need to be vaccinated before he'll consider opening the border. Oh, We're almost there. We could be there in the next week or two at 75%. 
it's kind of weird to think that we might be able to go to a Jays game in Buffalo, but the Jays can't come to Toronto to play. Yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep our eye on that then. Uh, what else is going on? The prime minister is dealing with an injury cat. <laughs> People noticed yesterday because he didn't do it when he was doing the news conference. He held a news conference to announce new loans for black owned businesses and black entrepreneurs. Okay, sure. So he came out there and he was just standing in the middle of a stage when the cameras went to him. Then the camera went off and he hobbled off when he left the building. He had a cane. <laughs> And people were like, you're 49. What's with the fucking cane? And even me, when I saw it, I thought, ah, oh, fuck, he's being dramatic again. What, what does he have, like a fucking hangnail or something like that? What's going on? <laughs> uh, turns out, over the weekend, he was playing Frisbee at the Prime Minister's cottage there on the grounds of Rideau Hall. And he sprained his ankle. Oh, that sucks. In the same way that there is doctors on staff 24-7 at the White House in case the President of the United States needs any medical attention, anything the President needs, he and his family gets, or she and her family gets. Do we have that in Canada? Because I don't know many doctors that would say, oh yeah, your ankle's sprained, use a cane, and not insist that the person be in a boot. John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, was in a boot for a long time. When he hurt his ankle, I'm not sure why the PM's just walking around with a cane. Did the doctor sign off on that? Yeah, what, I mean, whatever whatever works in the moment, sure. Yeah, I, I, that's fine. I'm just wondering, well, this guy should have a fancy fucking cane and and, and stat. And I, I don't know if there's like uh, cane stores that are essential, aside from like, you know, your, your, your hospital go-tos that he obviously grabbed. But someone's got to get that guy a badass cane if he's got to use it for a while. What's a badass cane? Yeah, oh God, Jurassic Park. Do the words Jurassic Park mean anything to you? You want dinosaur DNA in a cane that the prime minister fucking, carries around? Fucking right I do. Yes. Hmm. What or would he just, do with the dinosaur DNA? Or just anything. <laughs> honestly, any, anything cool. Anything cool. But you know what? I guarantee you there's going to be some kind of Canadian-made uh, entrepreneur of sorts that will, as soon as they saw that, jumped on the opportunity. I hope so, because that would be kind of neat. I mean, where did they even get this thing? Because the cane looks like just a regular run-of-the-mill, off-the-rack-at-Walmart cane. Probably was. Whatever was available. Uh, he doesn't want to look too fancy, because then people ask questions about that. That's the truth. So the Prime Minister's out playing Frisbee and sprains his ankle. And I have to think, there's a little more to the story than that. Uh, granted, Frisbee is dangerous. Absolutely. It is remarkable how many people get hurt playing Frisbee of all things. Yeah. But we know Justin. He's got a party side to him. What do you suppose the odds were he was cranking a few beers when this happened? Oh, uh, 100%. I, he was probably a little tipsy at least. I'm not sure what he sips on if he's ever announced it. I see him as like a seltzer guy. I could see him popping a couple of like land sharks or, or white claws and then... He's oh, not drinking anything hard. Sophie, no fucking way. Sophie, I'm feeling a little tipsy. Well, and truth be told, when you're running a country too, even in your downtime, play, which is you choose to play Frisbee, oh, okay, that, to each their own. But even in your downtime, I'm sure you don't want to get too crazy just in case because shit can happen last minute and you're needed, right? It's like an yep. on-call 24-7 job. So, yeah, I could see him being maybe he was, maybe he was a little bit tipsy, a little barbecue action, playing Frisbee with the kids, uh, I could see, yeah, this is why I wouldn't play, play Frisbee, though. 
Yeah, that would be me. Give me odds. What are the odds that right before that injury happened, he said something like, watch this? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I can. I'll bet you I can. (laughs) You see, you know, they'll say Frisbee, but it was realistically, it was probably more like, ultimate frisbee or i don't know they were playing frisbee with like roman candles or something like that i don't fucking know but i have a hard time believing he was just nicely tossing a frisbee back and forth with his kids and he just happened to roll his ankle there was probably something a little sinister that happened there and they just don't want to admit it okay let me start a rumor what are the odds he and doug ford were tossing the frisbee around in the backyard (laughs) and doug's not running for shit (laughs) if that frisbee is out of arm's reach that frisbee is just going to fly away there's no fucking athleticism there in Doug right now but Justin he seems like the guy who just cannot lose if that frisbee's going down he's diving for it if it's going over a cliff he's going with it but anything to not drop it let's talk about the borders over a sweet game of frisbee Douglas (laughs) yeah I know the variant thing and the third wave is on me sorry Doug but here watch this It would be kind of fun to know that they do that sort of shit. I'd like to think that our leaders, even from different parties, can get along. Maybe uh, Justin and Aaron O'Toole were out there throwing a softball around and thought, yeah, yeah, this is great. We'll talk about world affairs and all sorts of shit. Horvath is keeping score over on the sidelines. Yeah. (laughs) And then you can have O'Toole's wife bringing them drinks. It's just perfect. Just perfect. It's great. Uh, let's see here. A couple of good news stories. I like good news stories. Let's do it. Me too. Uh, first off, the owners of a movie theater in Southern California decided that while they were shut down for COVID anyway, that was a good time to do some renovations. So while they were doing them, one of the employees was going through the seating area and found a wallet that a woman lost there 46 years ago. Whoa. The wallet had some poetry, some photos, and an old Grateful Dead ticket in it. (laughs) The theater owner managed to track the woman down and gave her back her wallet. That's amazing. No way. You have to think that after all those years, you might not even remember that you lost your wallet almost 50 years ago. To have it just show up randomly on a Monday afternoon, that's fucked up. You know, it's and and back then that must have sucked. That must have sucked for you because your wallet then was kind of like your phone in a way now where all of your important information is on there and you probably in your wallet would have actually had cash and all of those things that you mentioned and to not have it sucks. And then you're right. Fast forward years later, wallet? What? I don't even fucking remember that. How old was this person now? Right. Like, I Well, uh, presumably uh, 46, we'll say maybe 18. Eh, they're probably in their 60s. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that By is kind of cool, though. Has it really been 46 fucking years since you guys cleaned that theater? Yeah. Really? We got to ask it. You guys haven't done any upgrades? Like none? <laughs> 46 <laughs> years. And that's how long it took you to find this wallet? I was under the impression we were cleaning after every show. There's been some pretty um, big technical advances in all that time. You think that maybe you'd rip a carpet up? I don't know. Another good news story. A couple in Los Angeles had some extra bucks and they decided the best way to distribute that money was to help out new parents. So they went to different Target locations in L.A. and stashed money in packs of diapers. Oh. 
When we had our first child after we recently got married, we struggled to make ends meet, just like most new parents, I think. We really wanted to make things a little easier, hopefully brighten their day, hopefully inspire others to kind of, you know, spread joy and kindness. Raising two young children, it's really important for us to let our children know that, you know, kindness matters and that you never know what somebody's going through. You've probably bought diapers more recently than I have. <laughs> yes, indeed, I have. <laughs> uh, imagine going in and grab that bag of Pampers and finding a hundred dollar bill in there. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But can I just say, uh, maybe, maybe I'm being a negative Nancy on this one. But if that was me, if let's say I had all this money to burn and I wanted to help new parents, how do you know who's going to get that money? Like that's where instantly my first thought went was, what do you give it to some rich douchebag? Like. Is it the same? No. no, I don't think rich people's kids wear diapers. Only poor people's <laughs> kids wear diapers. They don't poop. <laughs> <laughs> the rich kids don't poop. Is that it? Okay. DiGiorno, the frozen pizza company, is doing something great because they've obviously planned ahead and they realize that this coming Friday is not only National Donut Day, it's National Cheese Day. So they've created what they call a first of its kind. DiGiornuts. That is a pizza donut. Hang on. I'm just giving the listeners a chance to roll their eyes one more time. Yes, yeah. a pizza donut. Go ahead, roll your eyes. Go, ugh. Go ahead and say that, everybody. I mean, but, but, we're talking about it. So, he's kind of working? You know, I think that this isn't necessarily a bad idea. It seems very CNE to me. What they did was they took a donut, kind of like um, picture a Boston cream. You know, it's got the chocolate on top and then it's got that delicious filling in the middle. They took one of those and rather than than fill the middle with custard, they filled that with mozzarella cheese. Then on top of the donut, rather than chocolate, they put a little pizza sauce, some mozzarella and some pepperoni. I know there's some people who are going to think, oh, that's fucking awful. Oh, that's disgusting. I got to tell you, it's probably delicious. That probably tastes delicious. Picture a pizza with a slightly deep fried crust. Wouldn't that be good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good is a very subjective term. I realize that. Good. I mean, people would try it. It is very CNE-ish. And it, the ones that are actual donuts, I know you mentioned ones like a Boston cream. So I assume one doesn't have a hole. But these basically, to me, just look like they look like bagels, some of them. Like a bagel of cheese. It's the same kind of shit, isn't it? I mean, maybe a little bit of a different texture, but the same shape. Uh, somebody, when we had this conversation on our FM radio show today, pointed out that the bagel is from the bread family, whereas the donut is from the cake family. Yeah. So there is a, a, a distinction there. Right. Maybe without a difference, but definitely a distinction. Hey, you know, it, it's getting people talking, and I, I think that that's exactly what they were going for. So love it, hate it, want to try it, want nothing to do with it. Either way, DiGiorno, I love that they're doing this kind of combo. I like, I like the combo day stuff, and it just so happens. I mean, you're right. So National Cheese Day on Friday falls on National Donut Day, so they did that. I mean, there's lots of other things that we could explore here if we're doing that, too. We should mash up a couple other days this month. Maybe they don't even have to be on the same day. There's well, I mean... Really cool. Today, yes, you're absolutely right. For example, today is National Olive Day. National Martini Day is coming up later on this month. See, and that's a, I mean, that was maybe that's the reason why these two united and it felt so good in the first place. This month is going to be 
coming up, National Bourbon Day. It's also National Fudge Day. Could we have a fudge-flavored bourbon? Or is that fucking disgusting? Um, Fucking disgusting? You could say it. I'm not a bourbon fan, but I understand that people who like bourbon love bourbon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't think they want to have their bourbon fucked with. Like, I don't think you want, like, a... I don't know, wild turkey and fudge mashup. I, I don't think that that's going to work out. Not that that's a good bourbon, by the way. But <laughs> Bourbon fans are just like fucking yelling at their yeah. phone right now. I, I, am not, I'm, I do not know a lot about bourbon at all, but it's probably because I will turn into a total Cassandra if I ever tried it. I, I just have a feeling. Scotch, scotch does that to me, and there's a massive difference. Is there a massive difference between the two? Bourbon and scotch? Yeah. You know, in order to be scotch, it must be from Scotland. Right. Okay. So scotch is the only one I've actually ventured out to because otherwise I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rye person through and through. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually had bourbon. It's similar. Um, you said total Cassandra, maybe oh. for our new listeners. And there are thousands of them, by the way. Every month we seem to pick up a, another ten to 20,000 new podcast listeners. Uh, could you explain to everyone who Cassandra is? So we all, if we dabble... Uh, in in alcohol uh, maybe you have a different thing you dabble in uh, but if you go to an extreme you kind of have an alter ego and maybe you would rather not name it and maybe you don't even really realize it but for me I did learn many years ago that I do have a drinking alter ego and it's always good the next morning when you have someone else to blame so after I drink for a while uh, especially certain drinks over others I become no longer cat i am cassandra and cassandra just takes over and she's fucking reckless she's fucking reckless like let you smoke cigars in her basement reckless and oh, cat, cat would never do that cat <laughs> cat nope 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 not allowed guys go outside uh, cassandra hey guys you want to fucking light this cigar up and smoke it in my fucking basement that sounds like a good idea let's have 15 shots that sounds like a good idea cassandra is the culprit Cassandra sounds like a bit of a menace. She's a fucking mess, for sure. What does your husband think of Cassandra? Well, sometimes he really likes her. I'll bet he does. Yeah. yeah. Other times, the next morning especially, when the basement smells of cigars and hookers, he doesn't. He doesn't like Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Does he have an alter ego, or is, is this like having sex with a different woman? <laughs> does he have an alter ego? No, I mean, not really. You know, there's those people who, who drink, and even... My husband's one of those people that he could drink a shit ton, and I can tell he's drunk, mostly because his face gets really red. Like, he'll get really, really flush. But he doesn't do anything stupid. Like, he, he managed, which is quite incredible to me, because I will think about stupid things to do constantly when I'm, when I'm too drunk. Dumb ideas. And I'm thankful to have people around me that say, Cat, dumb idea. Uh, or Cassandra, stupid idea. Let's not do that. Okay, fine. He, he's one of those people that can handle his booze. I guess that's what it is because he never does anything stupid. He might say something that the next day he might regret saying with no filter. But aside from that, no. Everybody's so different when they're drinking. Like, I mean, for you, you definitely have no filter. I have to be so careful with you, to be honest. When we're at a function, I have to kind of rein you in sometimes. But you know that. Sure. Yeah, we've been at places where he's like... <gasps> Look at this person. I remember that time we said this? Let's go fucking tell him to his face. And I had to stop, stop, and say, no. 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 Fuck we, no. Don't do it. Shh. <laughs> don't keep it inside voice, Scott. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Cassandra is fun. That's great. 
Two thirds of us say we are good kissers. Can you call yourself a good kisser or is that like giving yourself a nickname? Yeah. I don't think you can. Like, isn't it really up to the recipient to determine if you're a good kisser? Yeah, there's something really strange about that. I feel if, if I feel like if you have feelings one way or another, hardcore on either side, that's when it's strange. But you can't you, 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 you can't do that. You can't be like, yeah, I'm a fucking phenomenal kisser. Like, what are you basing that on? You, your partner? Did your partners leave reviews? Somewhere, I don't, how do you know that you're a tremendous kisser? So You can tell by how wet her face is afterwards. <laughs> That's fucking gross. <laughs> I lapped her up like a dog in, in the fucking heat with a bowl of water. I'm a great kisser. <laughs> I sucked her chin until she couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I'm a good kisser. So gross. But the, tr- but the truth is. <laughs> she almost swallowed my tongue. <laughs> The truth is, Scott, there's probably some people who do think that, like, uh, a lot of tongue, so I'm a good kisser. But other people might be like, excuse me, I don't, like, could you please chill out on the tongue? But how do you, in the beginning, let's say even in the beginning of a relationship, let's give this scenario, not a rando, because rando kissers, what does it really matter? You know, it's one and done. You meet them in the bar, club, party, wedding, whatever. One and done, it's finished. But if, let's say you are in the beginning of a relationship, is that awkward? Have you ever been there before where you're like, Fuck, that person's a terrible kisser. I don't... Do you tell them that they're a bad kisser or do you try and change them into a good one? I think that that is exactly what does happen. I think that you, over time, guide guide them with your mouth to let them know what your mouth likes so that their mouth can try to either A, keep up, or B, slow the fuck down. Is this where you, like, their tongue is too far down your throat, so you use your tongue to push their tongue back into their mouth uh, an appropriate amount? Is that it? Or is there, uh, every time they fuck up, you, like, pull away? I don't know a nice way to do that short of just having a conversation like, hey, you know the kissing thing? Yeah, don't do that anymore. Everything you've been doing is wrong. Here's how we're going to change things up. And it can really fuck with the mood, no doubt. I mean, if the per it reminds me, honestly, and everything, every relationship talk or sex talk will remind me inevitably of a Sex and the City episode. And this reminds me of an episode where Charlotte started dating this guy. And, and really all you need to know about it, you don't need to know anything about the show. But the guy was thought that he was a good kisser for sure. I mean, he was cocky, arrogant, he was rich, whatever. But then went to kiss her and literally, I mean, you said it, he sucked on her fucking chin. Like, that's how intense it got and it slowly progressed. So she talks to her girls about that exact thing. I really like this guy, but he fucking sucked my chin. Like, I'm not not kidding. He sucked my chin. Like, I'm not into it. It's really turning me off. So basically what she did, and they didn't end up together anyway, but basically what she did was try to make it sexy the next time to tell him what to do. And that's that's where she came to the conclusion that he, he could not be fixed. But she basically told him, you know what I like? This. And hey, maybe that will work for someone if the person's a really shitty kisser off the hop. Like, oh, uh, you know what? Why don't we play a sexy game where I tell you what I like? And then maybe they'll take a hint and, and it's not an awkward conversation of, yeah, you fucking suck at kissing. But isn't it? There's certain things in life that we all do. Everybody will kiss somebody, but nobody has ever been shown how to do it properly. 
all we can go on is the past experiences that we've had. Mm -hmm. So if you've only ever kissed people that let you get away with your shit or never corrected you, you're going to keep making the same mistakes over and over. And that's how you end up sucking somebody's chin (laughs) until it turns purple. (laughs) You said it. It, It's kind of like a blowjob. Like, I don't think anybody ever sits girls down and says, here's how you suck a dick. Like, nobody does that. Eventually, someone will tell you, oh, you're doing it wrong. Or, oh, that's good. Do that from now on. What I've heard from men, there's not really a lot of wrong ways to do it. (laughs) I mean, there are some wrong ways to do it. I mean, it's not a goddamn straw. Like, first off, (laughs) I know they say suck a dick, but that's not really what they mean. So It's not a goddamn straw. (laughs) Well, it's true. I mean, if you're expecting... Well, no, I mean, it is kind of like a straw. Liquid will come out eventually, but th- that's another story. I'm just saying that there's certain things in life that nobody actually shows us how to do. We're just sort of expected to know. I mean, the first time you have a kiss is probably going to set the tone for how you kiss going forward, isn't it? Oh, God. I mean, I, I for that relationship specifically or in life? Like, I mean, when you first start kissing someone, how old are you? Like, um, for me, it was grade seven. So how old are you then? Like, you're young. You don't know what the fuck you're actually doing. But you learn as you go, right? You do learn as you go, yes. And and there's uh, – it's not like there's a lot of advancements in technology here. It's not like it changes that much. But, yeah, I mean certain people will help you evolve to a better technique or whatever. Maybe you're a good kisser, but you're a, you got a lot of drool. You're a sloppy person. Ugh. And then before you know it, everybody's all fucking wet. So Stuff gross. like that. That's so fucking gross. I can't <laughs> deal with that. That's just gross. Yeah. And people turn into different kissers when they're drunk, too. There's like regular sober kiss. Then there's the passionate romantic sex kiss. And then there's the the fucking I'm sloppy drunk and I just want to stick my tongue in something. That one is the the one that turns a lot of people off. Go, go, okay, okay, so going back to this survey that you spoke of, how many people were willing to admit that they thought that they were not a good kisser? God damn you with your follow-up questions. Sorry, I can I cannot do it if you want. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I've got it right here. Two-thirds say they're a good kisser, including one in four who think they are great at it. Right. Great kisser. I don't know. Is that like something you put on your resume? Like, uh, yeah, I'm good with Word. I can use PowerPoint and Excel and a great kisser. (laughs) Seems like a weird thing to have listed there. But anyway, 3% believe they're a bad kisser. One in five say they're either not sure or they've never actually kissed anyone. Okay, and that's fair. Like, one in five, if you've never kissed anyone or you really aren't sure, fair. I I think that's the fact that they've admitted those things, great. They'll find out one day. But the small amount of people who who know for a fact that they're a bad kisser, do you think that this is just lack of experience? Like, maybe they have kissed a couple times, but they're probably shitty at it. Or maybe they've been told they're shitty at it and they just haven't been able to find ways to improve upon their kiss. I mean, I have many questions for that very small, narrow group of people. That'd be like the Doug Ford kiss. Everybody keeps telling you you're shitty at your job, but you don't make any actual changes to get better at it. Right? Why don't all those people who are shitty kissers kiss each other and work on it? Can't you just fucking practice on each other? Maybe you'll get better or maybe you'll oh. all just be shitty together. Like a shitty kisser club. Yeah, shitty kisser <laughs> It's very, it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, do it. 
<laughs> Go ahead and grab somebody and practice that today, everybody. There's your assignment for Tuesday. Happy Pride Month. Happy National Men's Health Month. Happy uh, Indigenous History Month. Mm-hmm. What else is in the June? There's a lot of things. Father's Day is coming up on the 20th. Summer. The U.S. Open. Summer time. Yeah. Ooh. Father's Day and the first day of summer are the same day this year. That is probably going to be the biggest oh barbecue day of the summer. Yes. June I was, 20th. I was thinking if the weather's perfect, then you know that that's just dads are going to be happy everywhere. And I'm happy for you. Have yourselves a great Tuesday, everybody. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Go leave. Sc- oh, man. Why are going to ruin the <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow. Go Jays. Get this according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Seventy-three <laughs> percent of Americans believe that a barbecue is not complete without hot dogs. I think the bigger story here is that we have a National Hot Dog and Sausage yeah. Council. Yeah. Another sign that we're returning to normal. Costco is bringing back their free samples. Don't worry though; they're, they're still being careful. Now a Costco employee will just slingshot a cheese cube into your mouth. American Airlines just announced that they're partnering with Rosetta Stone to offer language courses to passengers during flights. I think someone kicking your seat is tough. Imagine sitting next to some guy signing out French for six hours. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.